Our burden this weekend, I think, is very easy to capture from uh, our booklet. These are the three. These three words are the three titles to the three sessions of fellowship. How about we say these three words together? We, amen. We say. We consecrate. Amen. I hope that by the end of tomorrow's session, we can all say that with a little more zest. We're going to talk about zest today, actually. Rekindle. Rekindle. We, we get this from this first set of verses. Oh, did you notice there, there, are, no, there are actually no outlines? It's just verses. We, we, uh, we, pray, we pray that today we would all have the experience. Let's see, it's here. It's here. Luke 24, 32. Can you find that? More than halfway down? Let's read that together. Luke 24, 32. And they said to one another, It is not burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was opening I hope, I hope this afternoon, the latest by tomorrow afternoon, you all can read this verse with the same testimony. Was not our heart burning within us as, as we got together and, and spoke the word and the Lord opened the scriptures? So for each of the three sessions, we just have scripture reading. And we pray, we're praying that the Lord will open the scriptures to us and also open our minds, open our minds and open our hearts, right? Rekindle, the first verse, let's read the first, uh, just six and seven. Second Timothy chapter one, verses six and seven, I know this is familiar probably to 99% of the people in the room. It's not, this won't be the first time you read these verses. But I hope you could read it as if the first time. Amen. As if it's the first time. Six and seven, go. For which cause I remind you to man into the flame and gift of God, which is in you through the name of my hand. Amen. For God has not given us. So we're going to talk about rekindle, but you don't see this word here, but actually you do. Uh, this word rekindle is another translation of this phrase, fan into flame. Fan into flame. Remember, remember the setting. Remember that this is a letter. This is a letter written from the Apostle Paul to his child in the Lord, who was, at that time, at least from history we know, actually in your age range, a so-called young adult, not a young working saint, because it seems like he was probably serving full-time, but a young adult nevertheless. And, and from all that we know, sing, a single brother. Sing, from what we know. A young single brother. And Paul was writing this from a prison. Paul's writing this from a prison. And, and uh, you know, Timothy, when he first met Paul, you all, you all know that story, yeah? those circumstances. Acts 16. Paul and Silas go to a certain place, Lystra and Derby, and they find this young brother. Already very good. They didn't produce him. His mother and grandmother produced him. 
So you could say he's a second generation in the first century church life. And he's already very good. So Paul, Silas, they didn't produce him, but they perfected him. They perfected him. So in chapter 3 of the same book, chapter 3 of the same book says, uh, remember the ones who raised you. Remember. And, and, and so he takes him. Paul takes Timothy. And they, they go to Asia. And Paul wants to preach the gospel. The Spirit says, no. Can you imagine this? I want to preach the gospel. And the Spirit's saying, no. Can you imagine? That's the, that's the Bible, Acts 16. Then Paul goes and wants to go this way. The, the Spirit of Jesus said, no. And he receives the Macedonian call, the so-called Macedonian call. And, and, and he goes to Europe. And Timothy had no idea that when he left Lystra and Derby, say bye-bye to Mama and Abuela, that, that he would, sorry, Grandma, and that he would, that he would, he would be, go, he would be going to another continent. He'd go, we're, we're going where? Can you imagine, Timothy? Did you ever think about this? You read the Bible, it says, and they journey to, it's like, you know, just like that. Did you, we have people here who move to other continents. Did you just like, like okay. No, it's, you know, it's a process. And so, and so he goes to Europe. And what does he face there in the first place? Philippi. Philippi. They go to the, they go to the place of prayer and they find a sister so open. She opens their home. I don't know what Timothy thought. Oh, this is pretty easy. Praise the Lord. People are open to us. And then they, they go again and preach. They get arrested. But not Timothy. You didn't, probably didn't even know Timothy was there. You know what I'm talking about? You know that, the, you know that, that later in Acts 16, the jailer? They're in prison with Silas in the stocks. And they're singing and praising at midnight. You, you know that story. You all know that story, right? You teach this to the children even, right? And we sing, they're singing. And, and did you know... Paul and Silas were in prison. Timothy was not in prison with them, but he was in Philippi with them. Where was he? No, read, the, read your Bible. He, he's there. He was there with Luke. With Dr. Luke. You know Brother Dr. Luke? Yeah. yeah. That, that's the first century version of Rick Scatterday. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so he, they too were there, probably in the house of Lydia, with her family, because they all got... They all got saved. The whole household got saved. Sometimes we think that the jailer's household is the first. No, 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 no. Second. Second household. But Timothy's there. Can you imagine? Right away, threatening this Christian life. Whoa, it's not what I thought when mommy and grandma told me. When I was back there, I was serving, I was faithful, but I didn't know this. Okay, then he, they continue. Churches are raised up. And especially, they go back. Churches are raised up in, in, in Asia Minor, where, where he was originally, including Ephesus. But when he's writing this, I remind you, I remind you, you know, this, 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 this weekend we're, we're, we're going to talk a lot, a lot of re-words. Re. Rekindle. Reset. Reconsecrate. Remind. We're going to talk about reestablish, reinforce, restart. There's, there's time for re. Actually, this is a big re. Don't you think? Amen. When was the last time we were together like this, singing? This is a re. Amen. We're back. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. But we need more than this. We need this for that. We need re, not here there only. We need re there. We need re where you live. We need re at your job. We need re at your school. We need re in our church life. There needs to be a lot of re in all of our church life. This is our burden. We've passed through something. The world has passed through something. And we're not quite over this. And then something else... 
There's things, lots of things. Things there going on in Europe that affect us. That actually, behind the scenes, saints, I know, terrible, terrible. Those dear saints passing through. What we get reports, that, that war going on there. We get reports. You have to know. You have to know. The Lord is behind the scenes. We may read these verses in chapter 3. In the last days, difficult times will come. Not might come, not it's kind of possible. The Lord said, in the last days, difficult times will come. The world, the world will never be the same. It will not be the same. You have to let go of that kind of utopia mentality. It never was utopia anyway. But it was kind of, it felt more normal. Yeah. But the Lord is here. The Lord is doing something. The Lord didn't stop two years ago. Right. Do you understand? Yes. When COVID hit, God, God's economy did not stop. Actually, in many areas, it intensified. But were you in that? In many areas on the whole earth, not just here, but including here, God's move intensified. It didn't get off track. didn't slow down. But did you? We have to admit, many of us did. We, we. That's why we need reap. Because God just keeps on flowing. So back to Timothy. So they preach the gospel, raise up churches, and then what happens? Everybody in Asia, in the churches, turn away from Paul. And he says it in this book, next, right, later in this chapter. They all turned away from me. And, I, and then he says, and I want you to stay there and help the situation. Me? Where are you? You know where I am. I'm in prison. I can't do anything. So I need you to stay there and charge certain ones. Stop teaching different things. Can you imagine? That's the book of Ephesus. I mean, that's the church in Ephesus. That's the book of 1 Timothy. But that's in Ephesus. Can you imagine Ephesus? I love Ephesus. I love the church in Ephesus. Ephesians. That's my favorite verses. That's the, the, the heart of the heart of the divine revelation. But those saints, those saints, can you imagine? It's hard to believe. What happened? Those saints slowed down. Those saints. And then, by, by God's mercy, Paul said, Timothy, I want you to stay in Ephesus and charge certain ones. Don't, t- oh, what pressure. A younger one. A younger one. Oh, I can relate to this very much. Because in many settings, I'm still younger. Not here. Here I'm older. But actually in many settings that I'm in, I'm younger and I still get charged to do something. Maybe the camera doesn't show, but I'm shaking. But you get charged. Timothy, that was a mercy to Ephesus. But even then, you, you know, you could say, you could say that Ephesians, you know, there's one book of Ephesians, you could say that there's 1st Ephesians, 2nd Ephesians, and 3rd Ephesians. And the book of 1st Timothy is 2nd Ephesians. And Revelation chapter 2 is 3rd Ephesians. Do you understand what I'm saying? Through John, not, not, not through Paul now, but through John. Through John, he, he gives a word to the church in Ephesus. You know, there, there are seven epistles in Revelation 2 and 3. Seven churches in Asia. That's where they were going originally. And, and they had to keep going. But they came back there, raised up seven churches. All of them turned away from Paul. Can you imagine? How? How? The Lord tells, says, you have a lot of things, but one thing you lack. 
I'm rebuking you for one thing. That you lost your first love. And that started everything. That started everything in church history. The downward trend, the degradation in church history. Our history. We're not talking about them. We're not talking about peoples. We're talking about our brothers and sisters in church history. Including the church in Ephesus that many of us relate to. He says, I have one thing against you. Saints, we may have many failures. We have many failures. All of us. Me too. Many failures in our history. None of us is a straight line. The only straight line is the Lord Jesus. We have reputation. We have reputation. I look at some of you. I think, oh, she's so angelic. No, I know you're not angelic. But, oh, but, you know, there's some that, you have a good reputation. Oh, that's a good, even we talk this way, sorry. Oh, yeah, he said, oh, Preston, oh, he's a good brother. We said, good brother, he's a good, oh, Marvin. (sighs) You know, we we categorize. You're, You're not a straight line, right? You are not a straight line, right? Yeah, actually, neither is he. Neither is he. None of us are a straight line. We have failures. And it's very possible in the last two years we've had a little cooling off. Have you had a little cooling off? (laughs) I know, actually, I know know many saints. I don't want to take for granted because the, the Lord may have intensified you every day of these last two years. That's wonderful. Testify. How? What were the factors? We want to learn. But it's very possible we had a little cooling off. And that may have led to things. There are factors that cool us off. And it leads to things. I'll get more into that tonight. What that leads into possible, according to the scriptures. What what could that lean, you know, end up. But I tell you, saints, no matter, no matter what failure no matter what cooling off, no matter what, the most, the, 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 the thing, the one thing that the Lord is really concerned about is our love. First love. And that's the first thing that needs to be rekindled. Rekindled. This word, this word, Rekindle, which we know means, you know, to light the fire. Again, there's a re here, there's a re, light the fire again. But here, (laughs) it's interesting. Timothy, Paul is telling Timothy, I remind you. There's another re word. (laughs) Because I told you this before. But many of us need a reminder. But this word rekindle, uh, uh, you know, for which cause I remind you to fan into flame. Uh, uh, it's a little Greek lesson for a moment. This is, this, is a, this is a word in Greek, fan into flame, that the recovery version of the Bible translates fan into flame. I can tell you that uh, in the new translation, which is by J.N. Darby, Another very excellent translation of, of, of the Bible from the brethren, time of the brethren, that we rely on very much. And actually, our brother Lee, who is responsible for the translation and the notes of our recovery version, spoke of that version very much. It's just that it's difficult to read. Difficult to read. But the accuracy, actually, we follow in some cases. So Darby has, for this verse, I remind you to rekindle. Rekindle the flame. And if you look at the Amplified Version, you know the, the Amplified Version has something like this. It says, it says yeah, so, so, something like this. It says, um, Relight the fire. Rekindle the embers. And fan the flame for this one word. 
And this is the word. This is the word. It's something like this. Ana. Let's see. Ana. Ana. Zo. Purel. It's Ana. Zo. Purel. Pureo. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not, I'm not a Greek scholar. But I like to study the Greek words. Because it's, it's, it's just particular that the Lord chose language for the New Testament. And so the richness of one word gives us a message. So, three words. This means, again. This is re. Again. Anna. Zo is very close to Zoe, but it's not the word Zoe. You know, the eternal life? No, no, no. It's Zoon, Z-O-O-N actually, and this word, this means living, a living being, like a living being. And this word is easy. That's what we get. We have used the word pyre, P-Y-R-E. Yeah, pureo is fire. So it's again living fire. Which means what? Make the fire living again. How? Fan it. And when you fan it, what did you do? You rekindled it. Okay. And we know if you've ever, if you've ever done a, like a barbecue or lit a fire in a fireplace, if you have embers, if you start with embers and you light them, and even when the flames go out, do you know there's still fire in the embers? But you can't wait too long. Don't wait too long. Because they will go out eventually, in the physical realm. But, if you get an ember, and especially two things, uh, fan it, little air, and also put more embers with it. It'll, 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 it could catch. And it just needs a little, on one side, along one edge, a little, a little flame, a little flame. And, that, and then you just, a little more fanning, and oh, fire. Can you imagine Timothy gets this letter? Paul's in prison. The work is done. He says, everyone in Asia has turned away from me. But Timothy, I know you're low. You know, he would not write this if Timothy were not low. If Timothy were not... If Timothy was burning, like, like in the prison, like, you know, Acts 16, we have a different book in our Bible. I'm so glad Timothy was just like me! And I think just like you. We get discouraged sometimes. Timothy was... He's there, maybe wondering, what do I do? And Paul said, I remind you, the first thing, fan into flame. Rekindle. Just rekindle what's within you. Remember what's within you. There's something within you. You didn't lose it. And it's not out. It's not extinguished. You know, uh, I was thinking to say this. Uh, Here in these verses, uh, the second reference is 1 Timothy 6.20a. Can you read that? Start, oh. No, start over, start over, start over. Go. Oh! That's my burden for this weekend. My, my burden this weekend is... is, is like encapsulated in re and oh, not just oh, it's oh. I don't know how that's going to come out here in this. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Can you imagine you get a letter? You know, letters are to me um, more meaningful than emails. Somebody actually took the time to, you know. Then Paul, and you're reading this, and Paul's reading 1 Timothy, six chapters. Oh, it starts with, it starts with, Timothy, 
I put you there. Charge certain ones. Don't teach differently. And, you know, you know all this. And then, and then uh, let no one despise your youth. Right? That's chapter 4. Now, now we come to, and this is the very end. And he says this. Oh, Timothy, guard the deposit. It's, it's like the final word. But there's an oh. What was in the heart of the Apostle Paul? But whatever that was, that's what it is in the heart of God in putting this in the Bible for us. Amen. I hope all of us would have a moment today to go back to this word and just pray over this word. Oh. Oh. And put your name there. Because that's God speaking to you. Amen. Oh, Alan. May God speak that to you. Oh, Grace. May, may God, his, his oh could light the fire. His, his, his speaking can, can reset our life. That's our burden. And, and, and Paul, Paul, oh, Timothy, oh, Timothy, guard the deposit. Do you see what he's saying there? He's saying, you have something in you. Guard it. Don't forget it. And then in the, the two verses we skipped over, 19, oh, it is it, 12 and 14? Let's read those two. 2 Timothy 1, 12 and 14. This is, he, he, he closes the first book with, oh, guard the deposit. He starts the second book, guard the deposit. And, and I'm giving you a testimony that he is able, the Lord is able to guard my deposit. So the point is, you have to commit your deposit to the Lord and say, Lord, you know me. If you leave me to me, I will lose it. So I commit it to you because you, I know, are trustworthy. But you have to commit it to the Lord. That's how you guard the deposit. So it requires that you do something. It requires that you take action. And then he takes action. And so what is the deposit? Oh, the deposit is too much, actually. So I remind you, I remind you, fan into flame the gift, the gift which is in you. And then in verse 7, it tells us what the gift is. It's that God has not given you a spirit of cowardice to fear again, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of sober-mindedness. Saints, we should all say together, I have a spirit of power. I have a spirit of love. I have a spirit of sober-mindedness. I'm strong. I'm loving. And I am clear. We can say that. You can. Now, it's not the power of positive thinking. It's speaking by your spirit of faith. Amen. What is in you. Amen. According to the God-breathed scripture. Amen. That's what the Bible says. Amen. The Bible says, I have a spirit of power. Amen. You know what that means? I can cooperate with the Lord. Amen. I can call up my will. I can tell my being what to do. I can say, enemy, shut up. Amen. No. Not today. Amen. Every morning time is a warfare. Every time with the Lord is a warfare. And the enemy comes. And I say that actually almost every day I would tell Satan. Actually, not Satan directly. I'm telling my thought, no. But that thought is Satan. 
according to 2 Corinthians 2.11, that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes, of his devices, of his stratagems. You can find translations that have all those words. But the root of that word, scheme, translation, I mean, uh, scheme, devices, stratagems, is the word thoughts. Do you know that the enemy injects thoughts? And these days, many thoughts are being injected to the saints. I know. Our heart. Our heart. Oh, that situation that happened in Sacramento. We're connected to those saints. Some of us know that family, that brother that was lost, who was overseeing. I know that family since 1978. We're trying to support, we're praying, unthinkable, unfathomable. But I know saints think, how could this happen? Even among us. Why, why us? Why? Why like that? Why? You think because you're, we're believers, we're immune? The Lord never promises that. But we pray in faith, Lord, put a hedge around us. Put a hedge around all the churches. All your people, not just the local churches. All your people! All your saints! But one thought, one... Oh could shipwreck your Christian life. You can't function because what? Anxiety, fear, doubt can just take you off the track. So we all have to exercise our spirit of power. Say, no. No. Not today. Not today, Satan. I will not fall for this trick today. You got me last time. And I don't know about tomorrow. But not today. Today, Lord, I'm exercising my spirit of power and my spirit of love. Lord Jesus, I love you. But we all say that together. Lord Jesus, I love you. And my spirit of sober-mindedness. Not to be clouded by all the things and opinions and winds and all those factors that cool down my love for the Lord. And I, and I, and I, according to my knowledge of the word, it says, the heavens do rule. So yes, yes. I know what's going on. I was involved myself this week with a conference for all the college students in the Russian-speaking churches, including both Ukraine and Russia. We had saints from both countries in my conference. And 11 other nations. The one new man. Some from places like, you know, connected with the bombing going on. But connected. Can you imagine? We were afraid. Not some of them. Will, you know, maybe we don't get any saints from there mm-hmm. because they just don't have electricity. Right. But we, Amen. in one meeting, we had eighteen saints from Ukraine, from ten different cities. We could see. You know, in Zoom, you can tell ten different cities. Praise the Lord. Amen. We we we. We know these saints. Some of them. We have ministered to these saints. They are on our hearts. But that doesn't derail us. Because the heavens do rule. And I don't understand it. I don't see it all. But I know. I know. He is able to guard my deposit. Because... I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed and he has never betrayed me or let me down. The first thing that has to be rekindled 
is our love. Amen. Our love for the Lord. We uh, alluded to this verse, uh, two, maybe uh, two-thirds of the way down, Revelation 2.4. But I have, do you see that? One thing against you, that you have left your first love. You know, it's very interesting. If you have the recovery version of the Bible, and, and you have the, the one with the footnotes, well, even, yeah, yeah, the one with footnotes. I don't want to highlight a footnote. I want to highlight a cross-reference. You know, sometimes we don't have the time to look at the cross-references. But this verse here, you have left your first love, is a cross-reference. And you know what verse it cross-references to? The one just or we have printed here just before. Matthew 24, 12. And let's read together. And because... And in this verse, in the recovery version, there's a cross-reference. And the cross-reference is to Revelation 2.4. Actually, when I saw this, I was stunned. I, was, I, I would not put these verses together. But I spent some time with the Lord. <gasps> and and I, I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. I, I, I saw something. The Lord tells us in Revelation 24, he tells us ahead of time, there will be wars and rumors of wars. But the end is not yet. These are just the beginning of birth pangs. So you have to hang on. And then he says this, do not be alarmed. Do not be alarmed. Too many of the Lord's children get alarmed. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, and the prayers, sorry, those prayers don't reach the throne. Those anxiety-riddled prayers do not reach the throne. We have to pray the way the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Let your name be sanctified. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In that principle. And as we see in 1 Kings chapter 8, the model of prayer in the prayer of Solomon and the dedication of the temple. We need to pray toward the land, toward the city, and toward the house. And God answers those prayers. What does that mean? We pray with the view of Christ, the land. We pray with a view of the kingdom, the city. We pray with a view of the church, the house. Those prayers get answered. But the Lord told us, don't be alarmed. That in the end, as we get closer to the end, lawlessness will be multiplied. Because lawlessness will be multiplied, the love of the many will grow cold. I, I, I don't know why, but I always thought when I read this verse before that this meant the general population, the Gentiles. I did not realize that the lawlessness that goes on around us actually affects the saints. Affects many saints. We get discouraged. Like, how much can we bear? During these last two years, for whatever reason, lawlessness in America has become rampant. It, it's not logical. But it is this way. And it continues and continues. And then that situation in Europe. And then this thing in California. And, then it's, and it's like, boom, boom, to the psyche of the saints. I understand now. I understand. I sympathize. The Lord, but the Lord told us, because, because of that, 
the love. What, how does that say? Grow cold. It's not, you know, not like, you know, with a frozen, you know, instant kind of thing. It's not like that. It's grow cold. It's like, you know, if you bake a cake and then you put it out, oh, it's a little too hot, but then you go away too long. You left it out too long. What happens? Grows cold. And it's a kind of gradual decline, gradual decline. And that's what, that's what is happening among God's children. Be careful. You have a spirit of love. You have a spirit of love. This is a warning. Take this as a warning. We have these other verses. Uh, after 1 Timothy 1, oh, we have Ezekiel. Let's read that. Saints, every one of us in this room, I believe, is a believer. Every one of us has a new heart. A soft heart to God. Every one of us has a new heart and a new spirit. We don't have a stony heart. It says the Lord took the stony heart out of our flesh. Regardless where we've been at for whether it's two years, five years, ten years, right now, you have a new heart. And with that new heart, you can say, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. Lord, I'm back. Lord, I'm back. You all, we all know, we use that story on, on uh, Luke 15, the, the so-called prodigal son. We, we, you know, he came back. That, 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 that's, that's the one place in the whole Bible that shows God running. <laughs> in the type there, it says the father sees him from a long way off. And he runs to him. And he runs. To, can you imagine? When, when, we, when we say, Lord, actually the father's running. Running to you. Falling, it says he fell on his neck. He fell on his neck. What a picture. He fell on his neck and kissed him. That, that's re. That's the kind of re that we're talking about. <laughs> Say, Lord. And it doesn't matter. You know in that story, it doesn't matter where the sun's been nor what he smells like. You know, at that moment in time, he was probably pretty smelly. You think the father cared one iota? Not one iota. (laughs) Oh, father, I have sinned before. Get the... Just just like, whatever. whatever. I I don't think the father could even repeat what he said. Wasn't even listening. It's like, anyway, anyway, anyway. Get the best robe! Oh, get the calf too! Come on! That's the the father. That's the father. We have, I have a new heart. Can you say that? (laughs) I have a new spirit. (laughs) Look at Romans 5 5, next verse. And hope does not. Saints, do you take this verse at face value? (laughs) Do you believe this verse? (laughs) It is a verse in your Bible? It's not printed on a sheet here, merely. It's in your Bible. The love of God has been what? Poured out. out. Just, just. Brother Peter! 
That's love. Amen. How do you contain it all? Amen. Pour it out in your hearts. That's why at any moment in time, no matter where you've been at, no matter what you've done, no matter what you feel like, you can say, Lord Jesus, I love you. And I know you may say amen here, but I know you really don't believe it. Probably about a third of you don't really believe it. Because when you're there, you governed by your feeling, by the enemy's accusation. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have right to the tree of life. You just confess. And you're there. And you can say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Remember in Luke 7, that woman? Mm -hmm. The Lord is being hosted by a Pharisee. The woman comes in. I don't know how she got in. She got a very bad reputation. Very bad reputation. And she comes behind the Lord. And, you know, they're all sitting, you know, what's the phrase? reclining at table. So, you know, they don't sit like this at chairs. They, you know, tatami, what is it? Tatami style. You know. And kind of with legs folded under behind. And she, she has access to the Lord's feet. She weeps there. She anoints with her hair. What a scene. And the Lord, I don't even, you know, if, it, if, it were, if that would happen, you're, you're like, you know, and your wife would be more like, you know, right? Right? <laughs> Marvin? <laughs> but the Lord was, I, I don't know, it doesn't, sorry. My impression is the Lord didn't even look at her and just continued peacefully eating. And she was. And, and Simon, you know, is it Simon? Simon? It's just getting bothered by the whole thing. It's just bothered. <laughs> the Lord, knew, he knew. When, what's, she, what's, she doing? What, what's she doing here? Anyway. <laughs> and if the Lord only knew, huh, what kind of man is this? He doesn't even know if he only knew what this woman. And da, 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 said, Simon, I'd like to say something to you. And I, th- I think he, he didn't. I just think like he didn't look at her too. Simon, give me a little story. There were two, and he gives this little story. Oh, this one owes that much. This one owes this much. I forgive them both. Who's going to love the guy more? Well, I suppose the one who forgave more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why her sins are forgiven. Because she, she loves much. Her loving is not the reason she forgives. Her loving is a testimony that she was forgiven. So, so you may feel, oh, Brother Ricky, you don't know my story. I have so, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I've done this. Oh, I'm so bad. I'm really bad. You know what that means? You have the potential to be the biggest lover of Christ. <laughs> I don't know how bad you really are. But you confess, he forgives, and the love grows. With every, that should be the issue of every confession. Should be love and life. Not regret. Not that, oh, I have to sit in the back. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Not false humility. Love and life. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They have right to the tree of life instantly. And he who is forgiven much loves much. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I, I want to, well, well, um, our love for the Lord. It's the first thing that needs to be rekindled. But I, I feel there's many things need to be rekindled. Uh, specifically, the zeal for the church meetings. 
the zeal for the church meetings, being together, the zeal for the service in the church life. I know, I know. The, the events of the last two years have worn many saints out. They're just worn out. We, we, we really sympathize. We, we understand. And it's not, we're not, it's not just us. It's not just us. I contact saints all over the globe. It's pretty much the same. Saints are tired. Saints are worn. But the, but the Bible tells us that, that the, that's the enemy's tactic before, like ahead of time. In the book of Daniel, it tells us the enemy's strategy is to wear out the saints of the Most High. That's in the Bible for a reason. Because when you breathe that verse in, it's not just a warning, it's the God-breathed scriptures that strengthens you. Oh, especially, I'd say, the service for the children. We have to pray for the service with the children in all the churches. In the service with the young people in all the churches. You know, it's the enemy's tactic, always. Not just to combat or fight the Lord's people, but specifically the younger generation among God's people. That's always how he operates. And that's the principle you see in Exodus 1, which is a picture of our story. You know, the book of Exodus is is actually our biography. Even the parts that are not written yet are written there. It starts where? God's people in bondage, enslaved, under Pharaoh, in Egypt. Where did you start? (laughs) That's how I was born. I was born into slavery in the world under Satan. What's my destiny? My destiny is the built-up tabernacle full of the glory of God. Yours too. That's all our destiny. How do you get there? Through this, through this way of salvation, supply, revelation, and building. The, you know, that's, that's, I just summarized the book of Exodus. Four words. Salvation, supply, revelation, and building. That's where we are. But at the beginning... There's a strategy to hold down, to, to suppress God's people. But it's not just a general strategy. It has two, a two-pronged attack. One to the older generation. Tire them out, tire them out, tire them out. Take away the straw. Make them work. Keep the quotas the same. Take away the supply. Make it harder. Make living harder. And that's today. That, that principle, until today... It wears people out. It just wears people out. Getting a, getting a job. Educa- I mean, the whole thing is for that. It's the whole education thing turns so that you can get a job, so you get money, so they can live, and it's filled with anxiety. And it affects the couples. It affects the couples. More than anything. The anxiety, money, finances. We know this. That's Satan's strategy. But there's another strategy toward the younger generation. Kill them! Which is worse. Do you see? It's insidious. It's, 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 oh! If it's a male, kill it. Why? Why? Eventually, (laughs) the girls, the baby, the, 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 the female, the girl, babies, they grow up, they gotta marry somebody. You marry Egyptian. So what happens then? Mixture. Death and mixture. That's the plan against the younger generation. And these two years, the toll, not just actually Christian young people, but on youth and children in America, actually in the whole world. The story will not be told actually for another 10 or 15 years. the effect on the psyche of children who 
just yanked around with their learning, with their friends, no friend, no. And, and, and then you put on top of that our children. We already, we already, two years ago, in New York City, there's a little testimony. You know, now we have nine meeting halls. When we spread, when we spread, that's a glorious thing. And, and, you know, we're all joyful. And, and oh, you saints don't know how much ahead of time we prayed and talked about. And I made a strong point, but I'm not the, not the only one. Many, many brothers, very concerned for the children and the young people. Because of, we've seen, uh, you know, mistakes made in other localities spreading here, spreading there too fast, and not paying enough attention, in my mind, to the children. So, okay, we paying attention. And it, we still didn't do a very good job. Very effective. Why? Because, because for example, uh, there's a, a bunch of kids in Manhattan. Now, that one hall, that one hall, what, hall two? Eventually four? Eventually, what, seven? Eventually nine? Eventually six? And then five. It's just spread out. But they were friends. And because in New York City, it's not like we all live next door and, you know, this is not little, you know, it's not New Jersey. <laughs> down the street, oh, here I go there, oh, and you can visit each other. Yeah, it's not that easy in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx. So, great, great, great. We got meeting halls now for all the saints. But our kids only saw each other on the Lord's Day. Now they don't even have that. Now they don't even see anybody, because now Zoom. Oh, do you see the we hadn't figured this out yet, and then this happens, and then so we're so concerned. That's why I say we need to rekindle the burden, the zeal for the children's work and for the young people's work. We had a meeting in this place, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Yeah, with our young people from New York City. We realized we had kids in there. They were saved, baptized. Two years ago. They'd never been to a conference. They'd never been in a meeting of more than, you know, 15, 20 people singing together. They didn't know this joy. I mean, honestly, we were singing before. I, I fell in my heart. I don't want to talk. I don't want to speak. We just, just sing for two hours. I would just be so happy. I would just be carried away if we could just sing. It's so nice to be together and sing and make a joyful noise to the Lord. But some of those kids, they've been robbed. And then you, by the time we have something, they don't all want to come. So, A lot of things need to be rekindled. In our Christian life, a lot of things need to be rekindled. I don't know. With some, the two years of lockdown, this and that, working at home, all that effect, we haven't talked about that at all. Not going to get into it now. Some took that as an advantage. Oh, I can finally read the Bible. no, No more commute. How many of you, no, don't raise your hand. How many of you had that intention? Yeah! I'm going to read my Bible now more than ever! <laughs> Come on, you, a little, little something, a little something like that. Oh, man, I'm going to read ministry books. Wait, I got, cut down my commitment. No, you were in person, you, you worked in person a lot. Anyway, so you're a bad example. So, no, 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 he's not a bad example. He's not a proper example for my example. I'm not saying he's bad. No, I love him, I love him. He's not, he's not all that bad. He's not bad at all. He's not bad at all. Love you. Well, he knows that. Anyway, my point is this, that, that some of us were, yeah! And when we look now, we're like, oh, I can't believe it. I even blew that opportunity. Now I have to go back to work. And, and, and where did all the time go? Where did all the time go? Our reading the Bible... Our time with the Lord. 
are reading the ministry material. All these things fan the flame. We need a reset. Okay, so I want to close this way. Just four practical points. How to rekindle the fire. Number one is just exercise the spirit. Because we have a spirit of fire. Actually, I, I, I don't have the book here with me. Maybe tonight I'll read this to you. Brother Lee basically says, the spirit is the fire. Our spirit, not the, not the Holy Spirit. Our spirit is the fire. Because that Holy Spirit is now sevenfold intensified. And he burns. That's revelation. He's burning. Amen. And that burning sevenfold intensified spirit is mingled with our spirit. So now, your spirit is the fire. So call. We need more calling. We just need more calling. Number two, the word of God. Touch the word. The word fans the flame. We read the verse, Luke 24, 32. They said, didn't our hearts burn? Well, well, he spoke those words to us, and we listened to him on the way. The Lord Jesus was sharing the Old Testament scriptures about himself. And it says our hearts burned. Number three, of course, the meetings. The meetings. A meeting like this will fan us back into flame. Keep going. I want to read Hebrews 10, 24 and 5. And let us consider one another so as to incite, incite to love and good works. Do you ever realize that's there? First, to love and good works. 25, not abandoning our own assembling together as the custom with some is. It's very possible that some have grown accustomed to not meeting. And now in your place, and I'm not, I'm not, do not misunderstand what I'm saying now, but in many places there is already an in-person meeting. The Zoom, it has its you know, drawbacks, but it is kind of convenient. It is kind of comfortable. Be careful, that, be careful that the enemy doesn't take advantage of that situation. There are very legitimate reasons to stay in the hybrid mode, and we're caring for our saints very much. There are some saints who are elderly, older, sick, different things. We're, we're going to keep that for them. But make sure the heart is pure. Make sure in that, in that regard. But did you notice here, incite to love, don't abandon the assembling. That means that our love for the Lord is stirred by the meetings. I think we all can testify. And then the final thing is daily consecration. Just every day we need to give ourselves back to the Lord. Just every day. And that, let's read the, the final two verses at the bottom of the page. Leviticus 6. Oh, does it go to the next page for you? No, last, yeah. Le- Leviticus 6, 12 and 13. Let's read that together. shall not go out. I know many of us have heard ministry from these verses before. The burnt offering is offered evening and morning, evening and morning, constantly. It's not just daily, but evening and morning. Amen. And, and this is a picture of our consecration. I just want to mention this one thing. One thing I never noticed until this week or it never made an impression on me that here it's not just the burnt offering but it's also the fat of the peace offering in verse 12 why is that meaningful? (laughs) 
if you know the details of the peace offering, the priest who offered the peace offering, which is very involved, the peace offering, <laughs> the peace offering is a picture of Christ in such a rich and detailed way. It's, it, it, it symbolizes our Lord's table meeting. It symbolizes the good land. It symbolizes so many things. But I just want to highlight this, th- these two things. The, the priest who offered the peace offering, like, like suppose, suppose Marvin is an Israelite and comes to the priest. I'm the priest. Then on his behalf, I offer a peace offering. Okay. But I get two parts of the peace offering. I get the breast and the thigh to eat. That becomes my food. And the, the breast, the breast is, of course, a symbol of love. And the breast, when, it, after it's, when, it was, when it's offered, you know, it, this is, a, this is a, an animal that's slain. Then I take the breast, and it says, it's a, a wave it before Jehovah. You wave it. Wave it. What, is, what does that mean? That means it's living again and moving. So it implies resurrection. So it implies love in resurrection. And that's my portion to eat because I'm serving. The thigh, the thigh is, is supposed to be, it's heaved. It's heaved. What's that? Ascension. So the thigh, you know the thigh, that strong muscle. That's a strong muscle in the body. Actually, in, in, in uh, the picture of the offering, it's, it's the heave shoulder. It's the shoulder of the, of the animal. That, that part, that cut, the heave shoulder. And you know, what is the shoulder? It's where the heavy things you can bear burdens. So, saints, do you know what's included here? Love and strength. Love in resurrection and strength in ascension. That's why you see some brothers going through. We're all going through the same thing, but some brothers are happy. Some brothers are strong. Some brothers, it's like, nothing. how did it happen? Because they're serving. Amen. And they got the wave breast and the heave shoulder. So the love is there. The love firstly for the Lord, for the saints, and the shoulder to bear. And that can be your portion every evening and every morning. Amen. With a fresh consecration, oh my, you can go on. You can go on. How about we have a few prayers? Then we have uh, 25 minutes for your overflow sharing. Amen. Amen. Amen.